0: Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> And welcome to another episode of The Mystical Matchmaker. I am your host, Marla Martinson, and I am so excited that you're here with me for this magical half hour. If you like this show, guys, please subscribe, rate it, and review it so others can find it, and connect with me. Go to my website, MarlaMartinson.com, and get your free self-love guided meditation, and that way you'll also be added to my tribe and be alert of, alerted of any... Uh, Cool happenings, exciting offers, workshops I'm doing, freebies, and all of that. So we're here on our last day of August, coming into my favorite, favorite uh, season, fall. And and then, you know, gosh, time's speeding up. Doesn't it feel like that? And then we're going to have Christmas and then New Year's and then Valentine's my favorite holiday as a Cupid, and, and if you don't want to be alone for another, another new year, another Valentine's, also go to my website. I have a new transformational coaching program for women called From Single to Soulmate, and I will get you in shape, whip you into shape for a new relationship for the new year, raise your vibration, and attract your soulmate. So as a professional full-time Cupid for almost two decades, I love sharing new ways to spread the love and today my special guest is Megan Crane. Megan is a US today best-selling and critically acclaimed author and has written more than 80 books since her debut in 2004 from women's fiction, chick lit, young adult novels to Harlequin Presents romance novels as Caitlin Cruz she graduated from Bassar College and got her M.A. and Ph.D. in literature from the University of York in England and when I saw that she had I think she was celebrating her 80th book or something I said Megan I have to have you on the show and uh, talk about this success that you've had so welcome Megan hello
1: hi it's so nice to be here
0: yay thank you for this this is awesome novels. I I love it. You know what? When I was in the fifth grade, I had a friend, a best friend named Tara Cummings and in the basement of Tara's house, there were boxes and boxes and boxes of Harlequin romance books and I think Tara read like one per day and anyway, she shared her stash with me and that year I became a Harlequin romance junkie and they seem to be going strong. Good. (laughs) I I know. They seem to be going strong a half a century later, so... (laughs) It's, it's, oh, yeah. It's they're, really,
1: uh, they're killing it. There's nothing like a Harlequin yeah. romance novel. I mean, romance is more than Harlequin, of course. It's a huge right. industry. I believe it's the, the best selling industry, actually, in fiction. Um, and we wow. we get to tell love stories and talk about hope. And I can't think of anything better to do with my life, to be honest.
0: Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Well tell everybody in case they don't know who you are a little bit about how you started writing. I think it was your first novel, English as a second language. Back in two thousand Yes, yeah, that was my was first that... novel. So I was, mm-hmm.
1: um I was a kind of unhappy graduate student
0: <laughs> and mm-hmm. for
1: one I wrote uh, I wrote a novel and I actually and I didn't think anything would come of it, but I actually ended up selling it and that kick my whole writing career which is really, you know, very, it was a good thing, because I don't think I would have been a great teacher. But, um, yeah, mm-hmm. so I, yeah, I wrote my first novel. It was published in 2004. It was called English as a Second Language. And since then, mm-hmm. I've written so many different books. I am currently writing my 85th.
0: Oh, my gosh. This is amazing. Well, did you have any idea back when you were studying and maybe we're going to be a professor or, and we're traveling and, living in England, did you have any idea that you had that capability in you to write 85 books? (laughs)
1: Well, it's interesting because um, the kind of books like the Harlequin Presents I write, they're called category romance novels, and they were my first love. I used to, my mother would drop me off at used bookstores on Saturday mornings while she did errands, and I would sort of crawl around in the back on the floor in the stacks and stacks. Of Harlequin and Silhouette, which was another company back then, uh, romance novels, and I would get stacks of them, and I would just read them voraciously. I mean, romance readers as a whole tend to read a ton of books, and so I read and read and read. And I would collect authors, and I loved them so much, and I still follow them to this day. Many of the authors that I found back then, and I guess I, I guess that was always my model for what a romance novelist was. You know, just a lot of Mm -hmm. books. So. I don't know that I thought I could do it, but once I started doing it, um, who were some it of your like, favorites? Well, I
0: remember Barbara Cartland being a famous one. Who were some of your favorites?
1: Oh, I loved Alexandra
0: Austin. Sellers and Elizabeth Lowell,
1: and of course the incomparable Nora Roberts, and wow. yeah. us, so many.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. They were all they were all good. And and so when when you wrote English as a Second Language, what gave you the idea of personal life um, that you thought you'd, you'd share, or how did that come about?
1: Uh, well, uh, you know, English as a Second Language is a story about an American woman who goes to England for graduate school, which was, in fact, my life. Uh, but that's kind of where mm-hmm. the stories diverge. Um, I think that I found that it was more fun to write about my graduate experience than it was to Mm actually (laughs) experience it. It's a very highly fictionalized account. Uh, um, And that was at a time when, you know, Bridget Jones had come out and chiclet was a big thing and people were Mm -hmm. telling a lot of stories. There were a lot of more options for women's voices that weren't necessarily the traditional romance format. And it was kind of a really interesting um, zeitgeist to be a part of to be able to tell different women's stories, you got to use first person, they could be funny, you know, there weren't necessarily the trope requirements that you would look for in a straight romance novel, so it was really mm-hmm. kind of fun to play with that, and I did that for a few years, yeah.
0: Yeah, I was a big fan of Chiclet, and and uh, Jen Lancaster had her book, Brit Bitter's the New Black, and I was a very... very mm-hmm. uh, fan of of Bridget Jones's diary and um mm-hmm. and I I yeah and I gave my hand at at three memoir which are kind of chiclet style so I I uh right. and, it, and it's just, yeah and it's interesting so well and then frenemies I have to say I just loved that one that was, that was just <laughs> yeah you. that was so fun um yeah and and frenemies now did you did that come out of some personal experience there <laughs>
1: Friend Well,
0: I mean, I, I don't yeah. know any woman who hasn't had
1: complicated relationships. So, I mean, right. no, none of that. I've never lived in Boston, and I have never oh, had Boston. a friend like Helen. But uh, no, I. Um, <laughs> the interesting thing about talking about women's relationships is that it's easy for people to make sort of sweeping generalizations about how women behave. But I have right. a lot of female friends who I've had for years, and I think they're complicated. They're they're complicated relationships, and talking about them, yeah. I I find really fascinating. And sort of digging into why we do the things we do or feel the way that we feel, why our friendships are so important to us, and how people can, can really sort of use those friendships to prop themselves up in different ways, um, mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily healthy.
0: Right. Right, and and so Chiclet was was so popular, and then we'd hear that, well, Chiclet is kind of done, and we, they don't want to call it Chiclet. Now, we want to call it women's fiction, and and um, is where did that go, do you see? Because I, I've kind of stopped, now I've stopped reading it so much, and um, is it well, still it's a popular back now. genre? Or is it? Oh, okay. Uh, Chiclet? Oh,
1: yeah, Chiclet's back. Now we're going to call it um, Romantic Comedies. Uh, and you're oh, going to look okay. for, but they're usually in trade format um, and they, okay. they're very funny. I just read, um, what is it? The Kiss Quotient by Helen Wang. I think it's her name, and she oh,
0: okay. the, Kiss the Kiss Quotient. It's Quotient. great.
1: Um, mm-hmm. There's just a lot of interesting, you know, this is a cycle, like all publishing mm-hmm. sort of right. ads, things come into fashion and go out of fashion. So I think that it's, it's sort of happening again. Women's fiction never went anywhere. Um, it was right. there sort of with tricklet and, you know, it, it, it hasn't gone anywhere and it's continuing to grow. And I think that now romantic comedies are back and sort of taking on that more irreverent um, narrator as to tell more, again, they're calling it romantic comedy, but yeah, they're not necessarily slapstick, but just more a, a different approach to telling, you know, love stories. Many of them are love stories. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and the publishing industry has changed so much. So back when you, Uh, started it was still the big New York publishers and it was you know you got to get a get a traditional publisher and it seems like you had had a I mean I've heard of people who who you know get turned down a hundred times two hundred times it sounds like you really were meant to do this and the universe really helped you was it easy pretty easy to get that deal um or surprising like it just happened or how how was that for you? Ah, uh, I mean, words, in a certain sense, book. I was auditioning.
1: I was auditioning for that first book for my whole life. I, You know, I did, in mm-hmm. fact, sell the first book that I completed, but I attempted to complete hundreds of books before then. You know, I don't think there's okay. any easy route mm-hmm. to publication. I will say right. that I think it is a lot harder to stay published than it is to get published, which isn't news anyone ever wants, but that has been my experience. I mean, most of my rejections happened after I was published. Oh, okay.
0: So they'll say, "Well, it's not selling anymore, so we're giving you back the rights," or something like that. Or oh, no, I wish no, uh, have... no, it's sort of like it's not selling. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Off you go. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's not selling. <laughs> and then you, you have audio. to well, pitch
1: other stuff right. and go other other places. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, well, that happened to me with my book, um, Excuse Me, Your Soulmate is Waiting, a dating advice book, and I had, I was with Hampton Roads, it did pretty well, but then, and then I had a second dating advice book, and then down the line a few years later, they said, well, it's not selling anymore, here's your rights back, adios, you know, so, yeah, yeah. it's, it, uh, and then at first, I, yes, my it's heart so fell, harsh, but then it's a I harsh thought, business. it's harsh, but then now we do have self-publishing, and you can just go and keep being creative, and that's all you can do if you're a creative person, just just keep creating. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think that it is,
1: it is really interesting to me that there's so many different routes these days. Right. Um, My focus uh, has sort of remained on traditional publishing, but I love that people don't, you don't have to accept a closed door. You can open your own door and Mm -hmm. walk right through it as you please.
0: Yeah. There's hybrid authors now. So some of the famous authors will also do some self-publishing as well.
1: And uh, then yeah.
0: they'll get, and they'll, they have a big following and then they'll get to keep all of the uh, proceeds, you know, so they'll even make a lot of money on those few ones. Sure. You know, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. I've
1: done some self-publishing. I've definitely experimented with it because I like to sort of,
0: you know, I like to try everything
1: that comes along. Um, And for me, I don't want to be a publisher. I don't want to do right. all those things. Right. I want to just write. Uh, And so I have tried to arrange my life so that that's possible. <laughs> But you know, I think that yeah. for some people it really suits them to be able to get their hands into every single stage of the publishing process, and really, I mean, and they thrive that way. It's kind of fun to see.
0: And what? So, how did you switch? So you go by Caitlin Cruz for your romance. How did you did did they approach you? I knew another author who was approached uh, by by a, a, comp- a publishing company to do some. Um, actually, I think it was Kira Davis who who was approach to do some kind of erotica um and she started doing that which has been very very lucrative for her it's been very you know successful so how did you get into the um harlequin presents what happened there well actually
1: i now write for two harlequin lines um harlequin presents and harlequin dare which is their newest like hottest line uh Mm -hmm. i started gosh years ago um And I picked a pen name because at the time it seemed like there was a – it seemed like I would maybe go into more women's fiction as Megan Crane. And we wanted there to be a differentiation between the two sort of kinds of narrative. But that distinction really doesn't exist anymore. I now write pretty much all romance novels under both names. I have two Mm -hmm. series coming out this fall. One is a cowboy series, and that will be Caitlin Mm -hmm. Cruz. And that's not Harlequin. That's going to be St. Martin's Press. And then uh, that's October 30th, and then I have a special ops military series uh, oh. called Alaska Force. Wow. Yeah, the oh first one God. of which is coming out November 6th, called Steel's Honor, and that's as Megan Crane. So it's I guess that's romantic suspense. So yeah, I there's really it's just I have two names now, so I get to use them depending. Right.
0: This is incredible. So how are cowboys and special ops? Do you have to? Yeah. Do you know anything about this? Or do you have to go um, research? And are these interests of yours? I mean, this is very, this is amazing.
1: Well, I'm interested in hot men, generally. Okay. All right. In all forms. (laughs) And I really love alpha heroes. So I think that cowboys and military heroes are really sort of on the same spectrum as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned. So yes, it requires a lot of research. You know, I also, you know, I either reach out to people that I know, or I, you know, spend a lot of time researching in other places, mm-hmm. but it's been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. So this, um, how on earth do you get your ideas to churn out all these amazing stories with these characters? How do, can you come up with, and so you're a Gemini like me, you know, and oh I, I would this,
1: never, I would never say, use the word churn.
0: Churn, <laughs> <Sure laughs> um, no. your, your brain is churning, I mean, with these ideas, I you guess know, you're so. just like coming <laughs> out with all these amazing stories and I just like wow yeah. how, how does she do it yeah so where do they are you dreaming of them or how do they come to you <laughs> well I
1: did you ask me if I was a Gemini yes I am I'm a Gemini yeah you're a Gemini so.
0: like me so our minds are like yep. going
1: like a hummingbird I know we've got a lot of I know but I have, flowing, I'm Virgo you know? rising so it really okay. focuses the attention <laughs> um yeah I don't you know the funny thing is that I don't think I don't think that ideas are ever the problem it's a it's it's actually writing the book is a problem. So it, the ideas come, but it's a question of, can mm-hmm. I take these ideas and sort of get them on the page? You know, the fact is that they're different and they fall in love differently. Mm-hmm. So when right, you pick right. two different people who are going to fall in love with each other, the way that they do that is just necessarily going to be different from every other person alive. I mean, or we're not interchangeable yeah. beings. So right. when I, I, sp- I spend time coming up with the characters and as I think about who they are, I think the way in which they're going to fall in love, it just it feels so different to me from the other stories that I've told, that it doesn't feel as if it's a hardship to come up with the idea. Now, getting it all down into a book mm-hmm. that's that's readable, that I can actually hand in to someone without embarrassment, that's, you know,
0: that's a different <laughs> challenge.
1: But I think that coming up with ideas is, is pretty fun.
0: That's amazing. So, and um, how would you say, so would you say that the, these Harlequin type romances have changed in the way that we are. Um, I haven't read any, you know, since I was that, that, you know, a kid, younger, maybe in my twenties, I haven't been reading those. So have they changed in the way that women are presented? Cause they were more like the damsel in distress or is it more like, are the women more empowered now? Um, what's it different, if anything, now how women are presented in these books?
1: Well, I think that what, what Harlequin, and I think you're I think you talking about a specific kind of Harlequin romance. Harlequin publishes all kinds of romances. You know, there's any kind right. of empowerment you're looking for, it's there in those romance novels. I think what you're mm-hmm. asking me, though, is these are very specific fantasies that women have. Yeah. And, for yeah. example, The Damsel in Distress, the reason why that's a powerful fantasy for even today's modern, extremely competent woman is maybe she doesn't want to take care of everything. Maybe it would be nice if someone swept in and solved all her problems. And not that she can't do it, but wouldn't it be nice Mm -hmm. if she wasn't required to do it every minute of the day? I mean, I think that's a really powerful fantasy for women. So the Harlequin Presents that I write where they're all ridiculously wealthy and are swanning around in their private jets, that's a fantasy. But the reason the fantasy exists is to sweep women away So they can imagine these scenarios in which all of their dreams come true. And it's all based on the fact that this man will change his life entirely Mm -hmm. just to be with her. I mean, I I find that incredibly powerful.
0: That sounds like my life as a matchmaker. These women, (laughs) the women Mm -hmm. say, do you have a guy with a private jet? I want a guy with money. Or some women will even say, I don't want to work anymore. I just want a guy to pay my bills so I can be a writer or I can be an actor. I can do my art. So there are, yeah, It's it's um. Well, I think those are like, powerful fantasies. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that exactly. men have why fantasies
1: not? too. Yeah. And we're all conversant mm-hmm. on male fantasies because that's been the history that's of right. our media forever. But I think that yeah. I'm always interested in how people talk about women's fantasies because it always seems... I'm not saying that you you said this, but it always seems to me when I read articles sort of out there that it's always very disparaging as if it's strange that women should have these fantasies. I mean, why... Right. Yeah. Like, the fantasy of being taken care of is a, it's a profound human need, you know, not, not cause I can't take care of myself, but I mm-hmm. want to feel as if someone else is helping me take care of myself I mean, that's,
0: yeah, What's more per- Society, That's beautiful. society's kind of turned women into men almost, you know. We've had to be out there, uh, single mothers and, and working and all of this. So we, we have been, um, even men, the feedback I get sometimes, they'll go on a date with a woman if she's an attorney or something. They'll say, no, she's too masculine, she's too, too. So these, these romance, these novels really get us kind of back into our traditional roles and femininity and, um, can kind of well, take like, us back necessarily there. because I do write right? super
1: traditional heroines. My heroines are really right. mouthy, right. and they're really intelligent, and they really stand up for themselves. You know, I was lucky enough. I married the first man who wasn't intimidated by me <laughs> at all. <laughs> and so I like to, <laughs>
0: okay.
1: at all, he found, you know, he thought that was all delightful. That was not my experience yeah. previous to him. But um. Right. so I like to write heroines who have the same experience. You know, they, these are men who... Right are just not intimidated by their beauty or by their strength Mm -hmm. or by their intelligence or by their education or by any of the power that they have. For me, I think that's not only do I think that's fascinating to write about, I think that's a really powerful thing for women to be able to experience.
0: I love it. I love it. So how do you spend your days? So you are um, writing all these amazing books. Um, What would be, a, a typical day in the life of author Megan Crane. How do you how do you get things done and, and focus? You know, you're there in beautiful Oregon with these I see these beautiful views beautiful. on your Facebook page. And yeah, you know, I get distracted.
1: <laughs> I do get distracted. Um I think that I I would say eighty five percent of a writer's life is um coming up with strategies uh to to aid in focus uh, and to not be distracted, which doesn't always work. Um, I, so I I have a word quota of the amount of words I want to write every day. And as I before I sit down and start a book, I, I, I sort of hammer out how many words I'm going to have to write each day. I like okay. to allocate free weekends. I didn't do that for a long time. And that's a that's a really good way to burn out. You know, even if I don't take the day, it's good to know it's yeah. there so I can have some free time. I have to I have to recharge. Um, But a typical day, you know, I wake up, I sort of check, you know, a lot of my, I'm on the West Coast, and a lot of my editors are in England and New York, so often Mm -hmm. uh, their day has already started by the time I get up, so I sort of wake up behind, I usually answer a flurry of email, Mm -hmm. Um, I go to the gym, and then I I sort of set out my, how I'm going to work, either I'm editing something, I sort of edit as I go along, so I'll edit the Mm -hmm. previous day's work. I dictate a lot, so I often go on beautiful drives and dictate as I go, and then I usually have oh, okay. to clean that up a little bit because it's not perfect, but and sort of flesh it out. And I go back and forth between dictation and editing and trying to get those words down until the deadline hits. Wow!
0: And how long do you have to write each book? What's your deadline
1: usually? Uh-huh. I have <laughs>
0: not. I, I am not. I don't really want to say in case my oh, editor okay. is here. <laughs>
1: That's all right. But That's you right. know, I write a lot of books and I write really fast. So yeah. I, I uh you know, I try to leave more time for longer books. Uh right and sometimes I you know, I die. Sometimes I get a little too distracted and so I have to write a little faster. But you know, I I mean I write ten to fifteen books a year.
0: Oh my goodness, that is just so impressive. That is amazing. When mm-hmm. I write a book I give myself like a year. But but you know, it's not my full time job. So that is that is fantastic. And do you have to fuel yourself with a lot of coffee? Are you one of those writers that always has, you know, her coffee So much coffee. Or, <laughs> I'm
1: chugging some right
0: now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, all right. Well, Megan, this has been so fascinating. You guys check out her website, megancrane.com. All of her books are there. And thank you so much for being with us. And congratulations thank on your five books. That's amazing. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, we'll see we'll see you out there. Bye everybody. All right. Next Thank night. you so much. Bye. Thanks. Bye.